0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: It's Super Bowl week. It's Super Bowl week. Wolf and Luke live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. All
0: right, we are live from the Phoenix Convention Center, Media Row. Media Row coverage is brought to you by Canvas Annuity, score up to five point seven percent on your retirement savings. It is Wolf and Luke on a Monday morning. I'm Luke Wolf. What's going on?
1: Oh, not a whole lot. We're down here at Media Row. Don't call it Radio Row, ladies and gentlemen. It is Media Row right now. People walking around. Tables set up all over the place right now. How many of these have you actually attended in your lifetime?
0: Louis? I don't know. Why are there six of you standing and looking at me right now? This is a very I don't know. You're sitting down. It. Jeremy. <laughs> so thought,
1: there's all these chairs. Yeah. Uh, um, digital boy. Jeremy over digital here boy. is looking at me like, what are you doing? Why are you standing? Sit down, please. I like to walk. When you're on location I kinda like to stand up you and walk, walk around all a little you want, bit. But there's just a line of people. Well, is... there's people walking around here. You can only imagine right now. How many tables do you think are set up right now? How many media tables are set you up? You know like how many are in use? I yeah. Well no, I just how many are set up because I'll guarantee you by the end of the week, Friday, every table is gonna be filled. I'd say close to I don't know, eighty? say eighty? I was gonna say eighty one. Oh uh, well there you go. Right I, I was going to say eighty one, <laughs> but it's very, very interesting here on Media Row, of course. And we all know people are going to start walking around here. They already are. At some point in time, it's going to be celebrities that are going to be walking around here. And they're going to want to sell you something,
0: I would imagine. <laughs> the, the celebrity I've seen walking around here so far has been Ron Wolfley. You know, <laughs> that the most people have come so up to
1: hey, No, seriously.
0: Coming up, one guy yeah. said, hey, are you Craig Wolfley's brother? You think
1: yeah. Craig paid him to say that? Well, no, I don't think oh, so. But okay. it was interesting. He was from Pittsburgh. Oh, well, there you go. That makes Filippiano, sense. Filippiano, I guess was his that's name. A good. That's a, a solid Italian <laughs> name, right Filippiano. there. Filippiano. Yeah, Craig will know him. I'm sure. Speaking of that, what what are you thinking about right now? What's on your mind, Luke? As we're sitting here in this beautiful Media Row,
0: I'm thinking of the answer to your question. I've never been to Media Row. I went to some of the Super Bowl party stuff last time it was here, <laughs> but that was I don't know how I got into some of those. But I have not actually been to Media Row. This is my first Media Row experience. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. For let me just say, I, I forgot I asked you the question. That was number one. <laughs> uh, number, number two, I'm glad you answered it. Uh, number three, this is number three for me. Really? Yeah, hmm. only number three. You know, typically I don't like crowds. I'm not big being out of studio as yep. well. I love the studio muse. You do? You know what I mean? You're I love that. Always have. We have a love good the studio. studio. Love the studio, of course, and the muse that comes with it. Uh, being out and about, there's so many distractions. Actions. you notice i'm not wearing a hat right now watch how many times i, I squirrel <laughs> how many times i actually move right now and, and look at something and notice something so the show should be interesting yeah well now i'm distracted too um i'll tell you what i want to
0: talk about how many wait so have they all been here no one in tampa no the one in tampa okay. as well yes uh As far as what to talk about, um, take your pick, right? Okay, we've got the Super Bowl, obviously. It's incredible. The Cardinals are reportedly down to three potential head coaches. Okay. The Phoenix Suns have won eight of their last ten. They won two in a row over the weekend. Okay. They beat the Celtics. Yeah. Still don't have Booker, but Booker might come back this week. Matt Ishbia is supposed to be introduced in a couple days. Matt Ishbia. Uh, Jay Crowder is going to get traded before Thursday. They might trade for Kevin Durant, and they almost traded for Kyrie
1: Irving. (laughs) Almost traded for Kyrie Irving. And and who was Phoenix involved in that, here. by the way? Or just uh, Chris Paul. It was Chris Paul. Just Chris Paul. Oh, my goodness. Okay, where do you begin on that one? Uh, I think the most shocking, it was. It, it was Chris Paul. <laughs> and the fact that for Kyrie Irving, it was Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, the two players that were offered up uh, for um, Kyrie. And that really surprised me, uh, shocked me. And I wonder how Chris Paul is doing with it. I, I wondered that for about five seconds, space in onions And then I said, you know what? i I'll bet you he's fine. It's Chris Paul. You think he After is? After all, I, I I don't know that to be the case. I'm just saying. He, this guy's a grizzled veteran. If ever there was a grizzled veteran, we all know he understands the dynamics of what is going on, right? A mercenary of the highest order in the highest degree. He understands everything that the NBA is all about and what is going on, right? I don't know. I mean, he does, but I just, <laughs> that one rattled me that that That's came it. out. That's, it. That's why I point to it, because you're right. It did rattle me, <laughs> even though I tried to talk myself <laughs> into
0: it. Hey, you're remarkably calm. I, I thought you were going to be on the same page as me. Oh, this is cool. They have all the Super Bowl posters up from all the different years. You're right. This is very distracting. Yes. I didn't even realize place. that. Um, no, look, the, uh, the Chris Paul thing, the, the, the fact that they were going to, the fact that they offered him in a trade for Kyrie Irving is a story in and of itself, okay? But the fact that it got out on a Suns team that nothing ever gets out. And so now you're feeling good about this team. All right, they're eight and 8-2 in their last 10. They're moving up. Devin Booker's coming back. You're getting an owner. You're going to improve your team this week. The question is, is it going to be small steps with just by trading Jay Crowder, or are you going to get crazy and really make a big trade this week? With all that going on now, Chris Paul, of all people, and all his teammates know, yeah, Chris Paul was almost traded. Yeah. I just I did not expect that. I'm not saying it was wrong. I just didn't expect it. And part of the, the, the whole equation that I really didn't expect was it getting out because the Suns have everything. All that sort of news is always on such lockdown.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, and then it was confirmed as well by other sources. That's what <laughs> blew my mind. The fact that not only did it get out, but that it was confirmed um, doubling down as it were. You know, again, I really do believe it's it sucks buttermilk if you're Chris Paul. You don't like that. You, you don't want to know that you were involved in a deal. Or did they go to Chris Paul? and? actually talk to him and let him know what's going to happen. I, I don't know. I don't know, I don't um, know about it, that. I Exactly. I, I don't know either. But, you know, the guy has uh, been around so long and commands so much respect, it would not surprise me if, in fact, James Jones, especially James Jones, went to him and said, I just want you to know there are teams that are interested and we're offering
0: it up. Either way, the bar has been raised, right? Because now you go into this week with the trade deadline on Thursday, and if Chris Paul's on the table, everybody except Devin Booker has to feel like on some level they're on the table. Wouldn't Mikkel Bridges tweet out yesterday? He just tweet out, uh-oh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, hey, what's going on, Mikhail? Uh Not that I think they're going to trade Mikhail Bridges, but we will get into the whole Kevin Durant stuff in a, in a minute here, but just Chris Paul, the Suns were ready to deal Chris Paul for Kyrie Irving. So that right there anything's on the table this week. And by the way, Kyrie Irving is now in Dallas, which we can debate back and forth if that makes the Mavericks better or not, but it's definitely the Mavericks trying to get better. And 24 hours ago, before they had Kyrie, they were a non-factor in the Western Conference. They might take the Suns out in the playoffs. They might take somebody out, but they weren't winning the West. They are clearly going all in. If you if you bring in Kyrie Irving and you're willing to destroy everything sure. you have, you're trying to go all in.
1: And then, of course, the news came out where the Suns were prepared to pursue Kevin. Durant, if he becomes available, well, guess what with Kyrie Irving and the moving the moving of Kyrie Irving, I would expect that Kevin Durant is going to be available at some point in time. Boy it sure feels like it doesn't it? It really does. And if in fact that is the case, we've seen stories right now headlining where the Suns the Suns are front and center. They are ready to go, prepared to acquire Kevin Durant. We're gonna get into it in more detail of course, but Luke, I mean this is this is unbelievable. That just the Suns. The fact that you've got Jay Crowder and Chris Paul for Kyrie Irving, that trade that was out there, and then Kyrie Irving going to play for for the Mavericks, being traded to the Mavericks right now, and then we've got still this story coming down about the Suns being A one for Kevin Durant.
0: Well, how likable are the Mavericks now? They have Luca and Kyrie. <laughs> like they just leaned right into the fact that they are just gonna be the bad guys in the league.
1: Just brutal. I don't it really is. Bear- you wonder how that's going to work, right? How is that going to go? Can you say ball dominant? Yeah, seriously. Well, I'll, I'll I'll refer back to what I was
0: thinking on Friday with the Suns. I think it'll go fine for Dallas this season. Anything beyond this season, like Kyrie is the you lease Kyrie. You don't you don't buy right. Kyrie's say, the car that you lease and you don't buy.
1: Is he a rental? Are you looking at him as though he were a rental, or will you try to sign him? Will the Mavericks try to extend? him.
0: I would think they will try to extend him based on what they gave up for him, but on Friday, when it seemed like he might be a possibility for the Suns, all I wanted, if he was going to be here, was for him to be a rental. You know what I mean? But with everything Dallas gave up for him, I think they probably have to try and sign him.
1: Okay, more on this as the show unfolds. Uh, Also,
0: listen for your name every day this week for your chance to win tickets to the Super Bowl. Just text super to 620-620-REGISTER, and once you hear your name, call in within the time frame, and you could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel party bud light music fest and the super bowl experience that's super to 620 620 we come back the suns are very much uh, reportedly prepared to pursue kevin durant if he becomes available so it's crunch time here now in the next 72 hours is anybody on this roster other than devin booker untouchable we'll get into that next it's wolf and luke on arizona sports the local sports leader Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. Yeah, Media Row coverage is brought to you by Canvas Annuity Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. We are out here at Media Row. Of course, leading up to the Super Bowl, which uh, Wolf is is obviously going to become the biggest story by the end of the week. And I know it is everybody else uh, for them nationally, but locally we've got got Cardinal stuff we're going to get into. We just talked about the Trade proposal from the Suns that involved Jay Crowder, okay, big deal. Uh, Chris Paul and picks for Kyrie Irving. It didn't go through. Kyrie is on the Dallas Mavericks, but that opened the door. And I think it was everybody's initial reaction when we went on Friday and we were doing the show, and and Kyrie said he wanted out. We, I still don't really know why Kyrie wanted out, other than he's been there for a couple of years, so he has to want out. Um, but the reaction, of course, was all right. Well, then, what does that mean for Kevin Durant? And just moments after the Kyrie trade yesterday. Chris Haynes tweeted out, The Phoenix Suns are prepared to pursue Brooklyn Nets star Kevin Durant should he become available,
1: league sources tell uh, NBA on TNT and Bleacher Report. So there you go. It's on. Yeah, you know what my first thought was? This really sucks buttermilk, doesn't it, right here? Um, Not because the Suns are going to pursue Kevin Durant, uh, but this iteration of the Suns needs to pursue (laughs) Kevin Durant. That that was the the suck part of it to me right there, only because... Coming into this season, once again, you know how I felt on this, Luke. Um, I didn't want Kevin Durant. I didn't want Kevin Durant late in the summer coming on uh, the Phoenix Suns. And the reason being is because of all the drama, or at least perceived drama, that I thought he would bring. And I also love this iteration of the Phoenix Suns. I love this team, their culture, their chemistry, what they were all about. I didn't want to see somebody come in, a variable, as strong as a. Kevin Durant Duran come in and suddenly change that culture. Well, guess what? This iteration of the Phoenix Suns has been a lot different this year than anything that we have seen in the Chris Paul era.
0: Yeah, now I think you, you, you have to basically go down that path if he's available. Um, and that's why it sucks buttermilk, because I have to agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, look, it's it, Kyrie's the, the the drama in Brooklyn. It's not Kevin Durant. Now, Kevin Durant is to a lesser extent, but I, I don't have the concern. If, if the Suns traded for Kevin Durant this afternoon, I wouldn't be concerned that he was going to leave this city in a year or two and the, the, the roster would just be scorched earth the way it would be with Kyrie. Now, the question is, what would you have to give up for Kevin Durant? Because, you know, if there is a knock on James Jones, it's a lot of Suns fans are like, OK, he's in on these things but he doesn't really complete these big deals, maybe because he really values his own players. Um, you Look, I'm, I'm glad they didn't get Kyrie, but if you tell me they don't get Kevin Durant because they won't include a couple first-round draft picks, that's going to be a big miss. I don't care, again, about the 25th pick in the 2026 draft. I do not care about that pick. I don't care about the first-round pick this year. I don't care about the first-round pick in 2024. Get me a good player that can win the Suns of title right now.
1: I, I know, you know, but at what cost, Luke? Once again, at what cost? <laughs> My lament... Is It has to do with how much I enjoyed this version, once again, of the Phoenix Suns. And James Jones, if he pulls this trade off for KD, it's going to be the end of that culture. It's going to be the end of that iteration of the Phoenix Suns. And that, that version of the Phoenix Suns emphasized team over talent. It emphasized team over talent. And you know that's not going to be a surprise to you. You sold team for talent, and I love the Suns' team concept and was enjoying that until this season and it's not just Devin Booker is it it isn't just Devin Booker being injured it's not just Devin Booker being hurt and all the other injuries that they've had something something different has happened with the Phoenix Suns this year based on any other year that we have seen with Chris Paul as the point guard in the Chris Paul era something is different right here and guess what Chris Paul is that something that is different this year? Yeah. You're nearly as consistent as what we have seen from CP3.
0: Well, and we can also just say what you know what it's ultimately going to come down to. Let's just cut through all of it. Are you willing to trade Mikel Bridges for Kevin Durant? Because I really, no. really, really don't want to do that. And so this is almost like going back to would you give up the number three overall pick for Sean Payton. My first thought is there's got to be a different way to do it. Now, maybe there isn't because this is Kevin Durant and there's going to be a bidding war. And that I'm not sure I'm there yet because I'd have to know what the whole trade is. I'm not trading away the entire team for Kevin Durant. But if there's any way you can come out of this week where you have Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, and Kevin Durant, I think you have to do it. And you're probably going to have Chris Paul in that. Chris Paul doesn't really mean much to to Brooklyn, I would assume, in that situation. Um, You're going to have to have a point guard. But either way, you have to come out of this with Devin Booker, Mikkel Bridges, and Kevin Durant. If that's an option, you absolutely have to do it. Maybe it's not an option. Maybe you have to trade Mikel.
1: See, As soon as you say that right now, it fills me with an angst and an, and an anxiety that makes me want to start swinging when you say that. Mikael Bridges, are you kidding me on the defensive end? He's how good he is on the defensive end of the floor? Ever. And then, of course, what he's done. Again, he's taken another another step forward with his offensive game. And now you're going to say, yeah, right. Okay, Mikael, yeah, go be what you're going to be. Because he's not. He's not done blooming he's not done evolving as a human being and as a player and that's what bothers me professionally from that perspective if you're telling me Mikel bridges is included in that deal
0: i don't want to do it either I, and i'm just saying this as the caveat so people don't freak out and be like you wouldn't trade mikhail bridges for kevin durant it's not that I'm, if, if you're telling me it's deandre Ayton, and cam johnson two first round picks and Mikel bridges that's too much no, I'm prepared to deal Cam and D.A. and picks for Kevin Durant. I know, the Cam Johnson thing. I'm not prepared to just Mikkel straight Listen, I've, just, just, straight I've up. just
1: come to grips with the whole Kevin Durant situation. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know how tough that <laughs> this was. This week's going to move quickly, I, though. I have, I, because what I'm saying basically is the team concept that the Phoenix Suns were all about, that concept and that culture, that chemistry that they had, where they'd go out and win games because of that chemistry and that culture that they shared. That that's gone. For whatever reason, it's gone. And it's not just because Book, once again, is injured. It's not just because of that. It's something else. And we've been talking about it all season long with the Phoenix Suns.
0: If you needed proof that that's not there, they were willing to trade for Kyrie Irving. Yes. So if you want to talk about taking a blowtorch to your culture, no player personifies that more than Kyrie Irving. This is Woj Woj yesterday uh, talking about how the Nets can potentially keep Durant happy now.
2: Brooklyn, listen, they want to stave off another Kevin Durant trade request. They want him to hang in there with them, at least through the trade deadline and, and obviously beyond that. But uh, they'll continue to try to upgrade this roster. They have some draft picks, uh, so sort of it some players that they can use in trades. You It know, remains to be seen whether the Nets have enough uh, to get out there in the marketplace and get a high-level co-star mm-hmm. for Kevin Durant. He doesn't have that right now. Ben Simmons, uh, who is out injured again right now with a sore knee. Uh, he has not been what they hoped he would. Uh, they hope he'll be better by the playoffs. But this is a next team, certainly, that's not a finished product. As uh, a championship contender, they thought they might be with Kyrie Irving. Of course, that ended. Uh, He's in Dallas, and now the Nets have a few days before that Thursday 3 p.m. trade deadline to go out and see if they can try to improve this team and keep Kevin Durant um, uh, fastened to this organization.
1: I don't see that happening. I just don't, honestly. Right now, that was the one thing when the news came down about Kyrie Irving and the fact the Phoenix Suns were willing to actually trade Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, of course, Chris Paul being the emphasis here for Kyrie Irving. To me, it it wow, it was a bombshell that was going off because you had this feeling immediately. Well, if the Nets, if Kyrie is asking to be traded, and the Nets are obliged, and they go ahead and trade him. Guess what? What's the next shoe to fall?
0: You would think, right? And Look, Brooklyn's not a terrible team right now with the pieces they got back for Kyrie, so maybe they can talk Kevin Durant into staying the rest of the season. It's probably easier to trade for him in the summer, but if I'm the Suns and I'm going to give up what Brooklyn's ultimately asking, I I want him for these playoffs, too. You know what I mean? Like, if Brooklyn's like, yeah, we're not trading Kevin Durant, so you can make us your offers, but we're not doing it, and then in the summer they come back asking for the same thing, I'm sorry, but the price goes down. Because I'm not getting him for these playoffs. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna gut my roster, I want Kevin Durant for the playoffs. So it's not a guarantee that he's available. But I I think we all had the thought that you're talking about of okay, Kyrie asking out when they're doing good would be the first domino to fall to Kevin Durant. Why wouldn't Kevin Durant be like, hey, remember when I wanted to go to Phoenix yeah. six months ago? I kind of still want to go to Phoenix.
1: So you actually like that trade right there. You like that trade, Spencer Dinwiddie? Yeah, I see. Yeah, I think Spencer did win. He is a good player. I think he's a good player. But Dorian Finney Smith, no, you know, I think he's he's a throw-in. He's just a guy. This coming, Dorian, it's from somebody that was just a guy <laughs> playing in the National Football League for ten years. I just don't think it
0: it destroyed the Nets roster yet. Like, I don't. If you're Kevin Durant, you don't look around and say, "Oh, we're rebuilding," because you lost Kyrie. He could go off at any time. you got pieces back that aren't Kyrie, but I think the Nets are still a playoff team, so maybe they can talk Kevin Durant into staying. I, look... Dallas got better. Yeah. You now, whether whether it works or they self destruct is I'll tell gonna you. Be fun to I know watch.
1: we're going to get more into that as well. That is fascinating to me to see how that goes. It's just fun to <laughs> me because we're
0: here out here at the uh, at Media Row, and there's all these these out of towners talking about football. And we're just sitting over here talking about basketball because <laughs> it's a much bigger story. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. We're going to talk football when we come back because the Cardinals' search for their next head coach is down to three finalists. So who is your favorite?s We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. Yeah, we are out here at Meteor Row. Meteor Row Coverage is brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. It is the Wolf and Luke Show. And even though we've been talking a lot of basketball, because there's a lot of basketball going on right now with the Phoenix Suns, a lot of football that's going to happen here, (laughs) I assume, at some point, maybe this week, maybe early next week, Wolf. It sounds like we are down to three finalists for the Cardinals head coaching job. Aaron Glenn was... Essentially told, uh, thanks but no thanks. Vance Joseph was as well. We can get into that wrinkle uh, on the story in just a moment. Uh, Brian Callahan also. But the three names that are left, Lou Anarumo, defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, Mike Kafka, offensive coordinator for the New York Giants,
1: and Brian Flores is getting a second interview on Wednesday. Boy, this is going to be really interesting to see what happens right here. You would imagine the Arizona Cardinals are going to interview all three of these finalists right here uh, with their second interview, of course, and then go into the weekend, I would imagine, and then announce after the Super Bowl. Now, who knows? Somebody may knock it out of the park. Um, I I have heard some other people talking about Lou Anarumo and the job that he did when he was being interviewed, so it's interesting to me that he's on Friday. You would imagine nothing's going to be done until they actually talk to Lou Anarumo again on Friday. I would imagine. Now that's just me, but but who knows? They might talk to Mike Kafka and suddenly go, oh my goodness, this guy. we got to go with this guy right here. Boom. Deal's done. Uh, Canceled the other two interviews, whatever it may be. They could do that, but uh, I would imagine they're going to want to talk to all three of these once again just to be able to juxtapose all three against each other and then pick whoever their favorite is obviously.
0: Yeah, and the Brian Flores uh, twist to it is that's that's a coach. That's one of the final three that has NFL head coaching experience so look, nothing's guaranteed at this point in this search but I think the majority <laughs> it's interesting. The majority of Cardinals fans and, and myself included, I, I want them to get a guy and this has been consistent from day one I want them to get a guy who has been an NFL head coach before. Their last two coaches were first year head coaches and even the knock last year on Cliff Kingsbury at a certain point was like, oh this guy just doesn't have the experience to cut it. That was his fourth year as an NFL head coach. He's a lot more experienced this past season when things weren't going well than Mike Kafka or even Lou Anarumo are right now. But Brian Flores has experience and I gotta be honest because it had been so long since their initial interview with him I kind of thought that he was dropping out of the race and it seems like he's certainly right back in there. Although He's also set to interview with Denver for that D.C. position as well.
1: Yeah, boy, that was the easiest decision in the world for Brian Flores and his negotiating team, wasn't it? His representation. Are you kidding me? Uh, Yeah, you're going to go up there to Denver. Of course, with Sean Payton, who just became the new head coach up there for the Denver Broncos. And you're going to interview Brian for that defensive coordinator position right there. Listen, his name remains in full view of the football universe for a longer period of time. That's important once again is as Brian Flores is trying to rehabilitate his career and his public perception of course he's got a viable place to go um, coach a very good defense and increase his profile if he doesn't get the Arizona Cardinals job so go ahead interview for the Denver Broncos job if the Cardinals don't hire you. Hey listen that's a that's a great place to be with a very good defense once again, if the Denver Broncos would have scored 20 points a game, they would have won 13 games. That's <laughs> think, think about That's that sense. for a well, minute. But
0: now Evero's gone. He's in Carolyn. So exactly. Yeah, I mean, He's yeah.
1: gone, but still, the pieces the are personnel there. personnel is there, yeah. The personnel is there. The pieces are there. I think Brian Flores would want to be all over that. And, you know, again, he can use the Broncos' job to also leverage the Arizona Cardinals. Guess what? It's a mercenary league, and it's populated by mercenaries. And he could say, "Hey, listen, I'm going to go and take this job unless you want to go ahead and talk to me." And suddenly, the Arizona Cardinals had a second interview scheduled with Brian Flores for Wednesday.
0: If you want Flores, it's going to be tense moments after Wednesday, right? Because he has that interview, and then I'm sure I'm, I can already just guarantee you there's going to be some report Wednesday night. I'll tell you, the interview with uh, Denver for defensive coordinator went amazingly, and that's Denver's guy, and that's who they want. And they can't wait to get Brian Flores with the Cardinals stuff to wait two more days to interview Lou Anarumo at that point so that's
1: but, they don't but have once to. again exactly once again um, if you were doing it would you not schedule the favorite for the last if you were doing three interviews in one week would yeah. you not take okay I think this guy might be our favorite you know again and I don't know but I
0: cram the interviews a lot closer together it'd be like 10 a.m. 1 p.m. 4 p.m. on the same
1: day because yes. if I like Flores Denver's going to try and weasel in
0: there and take him Denver, weaseling in and taking everything
1: from us. Anyways, uh, but I could be dead wrong on this. And again, think about it. Maybe Mike Kafka gets interviewed today. Maybe that's it. And suddenly, boom. That's it. News comes down. This is our guy. That's happened before in the second interview. We all know how important the second interview is. Now you know they're not a jerk, right? Isn't that what you said? (laughs) You don't have to convince me. The second interview, we know he's not a jerk. Now all of a sudden, let's get down to the brass tacks maybe, and then we'll make a decision if if we're so inclined. I, I think that's a real possibility with any one of these three
0: it feels like the majority of people want flores of these three the majority of cardinals fans uh, but then but he's obviously Why the most do you polarizing think that is? because he's got experience and i think there's a lot of people that want to see i got to be honest i have some curiosity here too that that forces everything out in the open either kyler really just doesn't get along with him and you know like okay see Kyler's gonna have to adjust too, or him. Maybe he and Kyler get into it like the first day or two, but then they like lock in together. I, mean, yeah. there's, there's, I think there's more upside and more downside with Flores, but it's something different than what you've been doing for the last
1: five years, really. I, I love that right there. How many times, Basinoni, and stop and think about it, where you're you've got somebody that you know, and maybe you get into it, whether it's at work, maybe it's somebody in the family, whatever it may be, you get into it with. And and it seems bad. It's a bad thing, but it isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. It kind of clears the air, and now all of a sudden you can you can work on that relationship all over again. This is very, very similar to me with fighting people in the locker room, right? Your team. Have you seen anybody
0: here yet that you fought? Does <laughs> anybody watch Not by?
1: yet, as okay. a matter of fact. But you, you get my point. It it everyone thinks that it creates this divide. It does not. It brings you together even more. It brings you together after you. You brawl and you hug each other and say okay, we got that out of the way. Let's work together now. The same thing could happen with a Brian Flores or somebody like him and Kyler Murray. I'm not too concerned about that.
0: Flores feels like swinging for the fences and it's either going to go really well or really poorly, but at least it's going for it. And that is definitely a running count this week. We're going to keep an eye out for former players that walk by. We're going to play Did Wolf fight this guy at some point in his career. When we come back. What's next for ASU football this offseason? We're going to talk to their head coach Kenny Dillingham just walked by. Next, it's Wolf and Luke and Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke live from the Phoenix Convention
1: Center at Media Road.
0: Real coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. And uh, we are pleased right now to be joined by the head coach of the Arizona State Football Club. the Kenny Dillingham is here. Kenny, okay, so you got, you got Wolf here. Went to West Virginia. I went to ASU. We're both very invested in this, though. And... Um, I guess we'll just start here, man. How how has it been going for you? A couple months now on the job.
3: It's been awesome. I mean, it's just getting back home, getting back in the local high schools, bringing kids from all across the countries here to see what the valley has to offer. I think that's what separates us. That's what separates ASU. Is we live in this the fifth largest fifth largest metropolitan area in the country, right? And there was a time where that stadium was absolutely sold out and rocking, and I used to be in it. And if we can combine those two of this gigantic city we have now with that same culture and vibe and passion of
1: what that used to be, it can be something special. Okay, that culture and vibe and passion right there, you were talking about Activate the Valley, Kenny. How's that going so far? I think it's going as good as it can. I think we'll find out when we start uh,
3: the spring game. I mean, we're we're having the spring game on the same day as Pat's run. Uh, obviously, everybody knows Pat Tillman is a legend uh, for what he did, not only for the school, but for the country, but for just motivating people in general into doing what's right. So capitalizing and, and parlaying our spring game off of that, and then seeing how many people we can get engaged. Because the difference between college football and professional sports is the community around college football. Is If I have a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old, a seven-year-old, and I can get around and get engaged in all the athletics at Arizona State, for me it's football and I can say, see, you little... Johnny James Jamal, you can be number eight there. You can be DJ Foster. He was from right over here. He went right here, yeah. and look at how successful he is now. That's what's different with college athletics: is the role models and the culture that's created around the valley is real, and that's what we need to bring back.
0: We're talking to ASU football coach Kenny Dillingham. Kenny, um, I know you've had your your finger on the pulse of of this program really I don't know, since <laughs> since you were a kid. But even you know when you're at Oregon last. Last year, when you when you get here this year, were you surprised at all, you know, talk about activating the Valley, how much it had kind of become deactivated over the last year or so? Because I mean, I just, I've told Wolf this on a number of occasions, going to games last year, there were fans there, but it was almost just like a, a fun place to be, but the game didn't have that sort of intense focus from the fans that it has had in the past.
3: Yeah, no question. I definitely felt like the program is... You know, at one point was definitely, you know, not as exciting or people didn't want to be as involved. And I think that's a big reason I'm here is to get people back engaged and get people passionate about something that, like I said, was once the show in town. It was the show. I was here when it was the show in town. I ran around the parking lots. I caught balls and Dodge trucks. <laughs> like, I was there. And I think that's the goal and that's the vision is can we create that college environment here because it is a different environment. And then guess what? The next day, turn around, take your butt to a, a, a Cardinals game because, you know, My family was the tailgater of the year for the
1: Arizona Cardinals for multiple years, so I know you can do both because I lived it. Well, of course you know the valley is a basin. I'm just don't get me started Uh, on that. Okay, please, exactly. I I don't want to talk about that. But you know, you talk to some professors over at ASU; they will tell you the basin. They will tell you it's a basin. Okay. All right, now Kenny, schematically, of course, um, talk to me about your brand of football. What is it you envision for ASU? We are going to play hard. I think if you schematically the schematics are
3: such a small piece of this deal we are going to play hard we're going to put athletes in space uh and it's that simple i think the game is about do you play harder than your opponent do you understand the game do you have a plan before you take the snap are you more physical than your opponent, and do you win one-on-ones? And I think that's our entire message of what we're going to be is we're going to play hard, we're going to play physical, right, and you're going to have to be put in positions to win your one-on-ones. It's our job to put you in the best position to win a one-on-one. It's our job to take Elijah Badger and put him as the number three receiver to run an option route off the Mike Linebacker because the corner didn't chase him in man. We just created the best one-on-one we could have. That's what this system is. It's a system built for
1: playmakers. It's a system built to put athletes in. Base. Are you going to put guys in a three-point stance and demand that they be physical? Are you going to do that? We will line off up off the ball with a dark heart and a painted face.
3: We will line up in 32 personnel, and we will <laughs> run G-lead like the 1960 Pittsburgh Steelers did uh, when we're on the red zone. Woo. And, we, and if we get to the two-yard line, you best believe quarterback sneak is being run from under center, and that's what we're going to do, because at the end of the game, the goal is to move people. And if you don't move people, you have no chance. Man, I love that.
1: This is refreshing. You're speaking my language. No
0: no shotgun from fourth and inches on the goal line. That is correct. Uh, Kenny Dillingham is joining us. Kenny, I thought you said a couple interesting things, uh, really interesting things last week. One of them was you're going to put guys in position to fail. Or they're going to be uncomfortable. But also you're going to put them in positions where they are comfortable and just kind of get the most out of them that way. Can you kind of expand on that?
3: So uh, a great example would be teaching uh, – just start with the quarterback, but maybe teaching a quarterback what problems are in a play. So hey, we give you this play but if this safety rolls down in the box, this is a problem, right? And not necessarily teaching him all of the solutions to the problem yet. Maybe only teaching him one solution to the problem and then putting him out in the practice field and him getting out there and being, oh crap, like this isn't good. I'm uncomfortable right now. Like this isn't a good play. I I have a hot built into this four vertical concepts, but it's an angle route from the back and he's not going get his eyes around problem and then going in the film room and saying alright you show me solutions. What are solutions in the system that we have to this problem that you could check to, mm-hmm. that you could change to? So, really putting these guys in really uncomfortable positions because you're going to take the snap on game day sometimes and be uncomfortable. Is that uncomfortable play a pick six? Is it second and 20 now? Or is it second and 10? And you've got to train people to be productive when you're uncomfortable and to not make a bad play horrible. And then train them, right, to be super comfortable so then the next day come out. You give them the same look, but now you gave them all the tools. Oh, now they're taking a deep breath. Now they're like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I know what's about
1: to happen, and now they're comfortable. What did Oregon teach you the most being there, your time there? What did you learn from Oregon and the Ducks? Uh... I
3: would say practicing for a defensive minded head coach was definitely different so we had to do some things throughout periods that were I felt at times maybe why why are we doing this on offense this doesn't help us but at the end of the day it did help us come game planning and forcing us to do some things formationally that I'm like I'm never going to call this call why are we practicing this and then you know week six I'm like well I may want to. I call this in this game I'm like hey guys remember back in June Right. So I think the comfort zone of structuring practice defensively, I really got to learn and grow from how can we do it together. Interesting.
0: We've been talking about this on the show, and I'm sure other people have as well, but if, you know, with everything going on with how much college football is changing right now, you really seem to fit the mold of being the right guy at the right time because you have that old school mentality, but you also are open to navigating the NILs and the transfer portal and knowing that. How much do you think having that, that mix, and how much does that help you stepping in? Into- here right now.
3: Yeah, I definitely think that in this profession, college football is like technology, which means... The rules change, and how you play the game changes on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And if you're not, just like technology changes, if you're still Googling MapQuest, you're probably a little (laughs) bit behind. But you know, at one time, that was cutting edge. So if you're not constantly changing with the rules, constantly changing to how college football is played, how it's marketed, right, then you're falling behind. Will the Kenny
1: Dillingham coach team have a fullback? That's what I would like to ask. Oh, we definitely will. Have a fullback. No, seriously, Kenny? Seriously. You're gonna have a fullback. When would you use a fullback, Kenny, from time to time?
3: So <laughs> fourth and one, third and one, third and two. But the caveat to that is we'll always have a package. And I am a firm believer that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And there'd be times last year and even dating back to when I was the OC in Memphis, that we'd line up in thirty-two personnel on third and two. We'd get we'd get it on G lead, which is everybody blocked down. Front side guard goes and kicks the edge, fullback. ISO's up for the mic of the safety. And if it works... We're gonna run it again, first and ten. If it works, we're gonna run it again. How about it, power? We're gonna run power. We'll run, we, I, I haven't run as much power. I've run more, you know, duo, no pull power. Oh, oh
1: more, I, more I, than Oh, There power. we go. Yeah, oh, yeah. The power without the pull. Exactly. Twenty-two right. and twenty-three, double. That's right. Or duo. Something. Yeah. Exactly right. Well, Bruce Arians was big on that. Wolf's
0: gonna show up as a walk-on. Love if you have, that. A, well,
1: he's lost enough weight, and yeah. we'll take him. Why do you think he lost the
3: weight?
0: <laughs> <laughs> walk-on. All right. Uh, when we come back. Uh, ASU head football coach Kenny Dillingham's going to stick around. We'll get deeper into what the Sun Devils are all about this season. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.